Blog Talk Radio. Body, Spirit, You on Blog Talk Radio. This show is a collaboration between five women and spirit or universe, all brought to you by www.mindbodyspiritu.com. That's the letter U. There are weekly shows on Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, two Wednesdays a month at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and two Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time covering topics about all things healing, spiritual, metaphysical and we even throw in a bit of science. Many of our shows include time for you to ask for assistance on your journey and you will be able to experience some amazing healing modalities and receive guidance, authentic spiritual guidance, right here, right now. Many are aware of the quickly changing perspectives about our mind, bodies, and spirits, and that's exactly what we are here to discuss. So please join us in the spiral of life, and together we will learn, grow, and heal. Now let's get started with today's show. Hi everyone and welcome to the Holistic Health Hour with me. My name is Aleka Thorvalson and I'm a certified holistic life strategies coach, among other things, here at Mind, Body, Spirit, You. Um, and I'm excited to be here. I do look forward to these shows um, every third Monday of the month. Um, we may be doing them more. We'll see. But um, I love being here, and I love the work that I do. And, and in this show, we're gonna, I'm going to be sharing with you um, really getting to the core or seeking the root causes of our belief structures and our ego conditioning that may have at one point kept us safe but now might limit us, right? So it's, it's more about, it's about finding understanding, um, and understanding ourselves better by observing all the tributaries of influence that really affect us. So the the fact that we are sort of a complex matrix of energy and psychology, biology, metaphysical, um, spiritual parts, and we begin to really understand how these threads are weaved together, we can better understand ourselves and better affect change in our lives. So that's what we do in this show. We look at ourselves from many, many different perspectives. So we're going to be tackling many topics in this show. Um, and if you've heard past shows, you've heard that. Let's see, we'll, we'll be talking about health and parenting and relationships and work and money and our bodies and, boy, food, right? We'll be talking about that too. Um, basically life. Because when we look at, we, we can look at our lives to learn as much as we can about ourselves. So wherever you are in your life, wherever you are in your path, welcome to this show. And I guess really what I'm saying is this is 
the holistic health hour, meaning this is a show all about health and well-being from a truly holistic or whole-being perspective. And if you are listening, um, the 18th of February, I'm checking to make sure, yep, it's the 18th of February, um, at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, then this show is live. So what that means is you can call us. Um, call in or um, write in in the chat room as well. So if you have a health issue or a life issue that you would like some clarity on or maybe to look at it from a more holistic perspective, if you have a specific health issue that um, is presenting in your life and you're kind of wondering if that health issue is coming up to teach you something important about your life, um, or if you have a life issue that is coming up and you'd like to get um, more understanding Specifically, if you're in a pattern, I find that a lot with my clients, that patterns tend to show up so we can really take a look at why this is happening to me. So if you have any of those um, questions, feel free to call in, and um, I'd be happy to take some calls tonight. You can also, as I said, join us in the chat room. Um, I know it can be a little intimidating sometimes to call in and bare your soul and um, even though you certainly can be anonymous. Um, but if you'd rather just ask a question, you know, in the chat room, you, you're welcome to. Uh, let me give you the call in. The number um, is 646-595-2385. And Tracy is going to be taking your calls this evening. And she's my um, my soul sister here at Mind, Body, Spirit, You, and helps me run the show. So she's probably, you know, she likes to chime in at times, add to the discussion. She keeps me in line, keeps me focused. But um, Tracy, welcome to the show. And is I wanted to give you some time because I know there's some pretty cool and exciting things happening at Mind, Body, Spirit, You. So I wanted to give you a couple minutes maybe to just give us some um, some of the updates. Oh, well, thanks. That was funny. Hi, Aleka. Hi. I keep, I keep you in line. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> You remind me when the show's about ready to be over. <laughs> I do do that sometimes. You know, um, I can't remember. Did you give the phone? I don't know. Did you give the phone I number? Did. To I call did. Call Okay. Right. I'll give it again. Six four six five nine five two three eight five. Okay. All right. So yeah, I am excited about the new offerings and upcoming additions to Mind Body Spirit You. So. Thanks for allowing us a few minutes here to talk about that. Sure. So just over the weekend, I've added a e-store, and everyone who's involved here at Mind, Body, Spirit, you will be contributing in um, one way or another, e-books, audio programs. Um, and right now it is up, so it's at mindbodyspiritu.com, and then it's a forward slash e-store. And Aleka's book, uh, Real Nourishment, is found there, and you can just download it and keep it forever. And I also have a book that's up that's called Introduction to Energy, same thing. And then Sharon uh, Sudar, who has her show on the first Friday, she's an epigeneticist that works with us here. She has an audio class that's called the Introduction to Epigenetics. So those things are up right now. I know that when I'm finished, I know that Aleka can share what's coming up for her because I think she's mm-hmm. got some things up her sleeve that she's creating. 
And I know that um, Lindsay Murdoch, who does her EFT show, which is, stands for Emotional Freedom Technique and is um, an energy modality that's linked to the Meridian system, she's going to put together like tapping um, scripts for common very prob- cool yeah for common problems and she was talking about having having it in PDF form so they'll be written but also she'll do recordings and have audio files walking the people through it almost like you have a um facilitator working with you mm, and nice. all, yeah I know I'm excited all these things are I mean right now it's $5 to $39 so mm-hmm. Everything's going to be very reasonably priced and meant to be um, a way to support everyone who uh, listens into our show and follows us on Facebook and stuff. And then one more thing I need to, or want to, I don't need to, I want to add, is that um, Laura Morante, who does uh, spiritual channeling at the end of the month, which is on a Friday night, the last Friday of the month here at the same radio station, Mind, Body, Spirit, you on Blog Talk Radio, Uh, she's going to offer, um, people can write to her, so I'm hesitating right now because I'm thinking what would be the easiest way to get in touch with her. I think I'll just give her email address, Um, but people can ask their questions, like if you wanted to have a session uh, asking Spirit, right, and she works with many different types of of spiritual energies from spirit guides to archangels to it's just sort of what needs to happen for that specific question that specific energy comes through so if anyone listening is like oh that sounds cool you just have to write down a couple of your questions and email them to laura l-a-u-r-a at mind body spirit you and <clears throat> excuse me, are you is the letter U dot com and let her know that you would like um her to take your questions to spirit and then she's gonna channel um the answers and I know it'll be audio recorded and then it'll be put up at the e store and you can go and purchase it there. And it'll be, you know, general questions because, you know, it's not gonna work necessarily for should I change my job? you know, Mm -hmm. or is my relationship ending? But like you mentioned at the beginning in your intro, that idea of maybe patterns you notice. Why do I continue, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) Why do I continue to get myself in a bad relationship? Something general like that. And the information that comes through is sort of, um, it can be used for all of us. Is what I got it. So it's good for everybody. Exactly. I hope I'm being clear. If not, help me clarify. No, I heard that. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I hadn't heard that whole um, that feel, setup. That's that part. Cool. Yeah, oh. that's cool. Yeah. And um, you can also find us on Facebook. So uh, if you put in Mind, Body, Spirit, you, the letter U on Facebook, in the search thing in Facebook, you'll find our page. And you can, of course, get in touch with all five of us about any of these things or any questions. You can also post directly, if you have anything right now, if you're live, listening live, post into the chat room because I'll be there manning the chat room and the phone lines. And if over this course of this show you have questions you want directed towards Aleka about tonight's topic, um, please feel free to call and I'll be there screening, you know, finding out who your name 
who, what your name is and get you through to Aleka. Thank you, Tracy. I love it. Um, yeah, there's some really cool stuff happening at My Body Spirit U. I'll be doing a lot of different classes. I have so many different ideas, um, and my ideas and always seem bigger than the time I have or the more than the time I have during the day. So I will keep everybody um, abreast of what is coming up, um, updates, such, um, such like that. I'll be doing some astrology classes. Um, I get a lot of questions about um, certain topics, and so feel free to give me them, and then I can sort of answer on the radio. Um, anyway, I'll keep you posted on what's happening with all that. Um, but I did want to say that last show, great show, loved it, super super fun. I got some great feedback, um, good questions from it. Um, a few of you sent me some um, some kind of specific questions and some great feedback. And if you missed the last show, we, we really had a good discussion about um, how to foster healthy eating and body image in our children. And we we had so much fun talking about it, and we had so much to say just with the discussions in the chat room and, and, and people giving us some feedback that I actually ran out of time. Um, so tonight we're going to just recap kind of what some of the key points that we talked about last time because I want to continue to give you those steps that I promised you to help you utilize um, you know, some techniques and tools to help you help your kids and honestly in the process probably help yourself, right, because that's how it works. Um, I'm, I'll be happy to – I wrote down those questions that were sent to me. So um, I'm going to go ahead and answer those as I sort of tackle the tips. If you have more questions or comments that you want to go ahead and um, to ask, as I said, call in or write in. Um, and I, I really – this is where I want to start. Um, I want to reiterate this point. And it's not just about it, – it doesn't just pertain to this topic – but it's going to be something you're going to hear me say a lot. And you've probably heard me say it before if you've listened to this show. And that is that we do not experience, we do not create, we do not live what we want, right? But we we live, we create what we believe we deserve. And that's a hugely, in my opinion, important topic. And, you know, it relates to that whole concept of manifesting the kind of stuff that the seeker talked about it's a kind of a buzzword these days manifesting i'm manifesting that what are you manifesting right um and it's true i mean we can create our reality but it really comes down to less about what we want and more about what we believe okay so that's that's tip number one and why is that important that's important because our conditioning how we're raised the messages we get growing up defines our belief system what we believe, and what we believe we deserve, and what we believe creates our experience of reality, right? So in other words, what we believe about ourselves creates our filter of how we experience our world. Okay, we got that. So let me give you an example, maybe. Um, Many of us with weight issues, right, have issues with weight, have the belief that somehow around our own unworthiness. So we seek worthiness because that's what we're here to do, right, try to fill that void. And because we feel lacking, we seek validation through outside things, right, and our weight being one. It's not the only one. I mean, it can be shopping. It can be alcohol. It can be relationships. Um, It can be many, many, many things. Um, 
it, it somehow, you know, if we could convince the world of our own worthiness, our own perfection, maybe using our bodies and maybe we could convince ourselves, right? So we know that one, if we, and we've talked about this in the past. Um, now, we know that to really shift any issue in our life, we need to locate, right, and challenge, perhaps undo, that limiting belief that's keeping us stuck. Okay, I just want to reiterate that point because when we talk about this with our children, it's important to understand why is this important with our kids. Well, because we adults are literally helping create a children's belief system. Right? I said this last time and it's so true that, you know, what we say to our kids really becomes their inner inner voice. So we have to be really conscious and aware of what we say to our children and what we say about ourselves or about other people in front of their children. All right, no pressure there, right? Um, because <laughs> I'm only responsible for the entire um, physiological and psychological and spiritual development and health of my kid. Um, and, and that's sort of true, but I think just you can relax. It's not exactly true. Um, and, and I'll tell you that our children really do um, have many of their own beliefs before they even arrive topside in this earth school of ours. Um, and that would be a fun show. That's a fun, that's, that's a show we should do sometime, Kids and Karma, um, or, or just Karma in general. It's a fun one. But the point I want to make is that you do have influence. You may, you're not the sole um, influence of, of your child, but you absolutely are the teacher, right? And so you have a lot of, you have a lot of influence over the conditioning. And what I when I mean to say that it's 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 not a quest to be a perfect parent, right? That's impossible, and perfection will lead to neurosis. We 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 create when we try to strive for perfection, it makes us neurotic. Um, it, we care too much about every little thing, and it creates its own um, issues. So you don't have to be perfect, because actually perfect doesn't exist anywhere outside the present moment, um, which should be another show, right, perfection. Strive for authenticity, right? Strive for just be whole. So I really want to reiterate the point that if we're going to help our young kids to grow up to be healthy and whole, we need to be very aware of what we are teaching them to believe about the world and about themselves. And to do that, we have to assess and quite possibly challenge our own belief system, right, about whatever it is that we're teaching them. And specifically tonight, we're talking about food and our bodies and our life. So that's the first point that I want to reiterate. Um, and in the last show, we talked about some history about the evolutionary or about the evolution of perception of children, right, um, where, you know, not too long ago, children were seen as property and rather than people with their own needs and rights. And that's super important because we're we're kind of changing a little bit of a mindset here when we start looking at um, parenting. It's changing, for sure. Um, the last show, I mentioned some of the limiting beliefs that are conditioned into our, our mindsets that can create issues with food, and the first being that the logical mind is more trustworthy than, the intu in, than intuition or feelings. Um, and so what this means as a parent is that to really help our kids, we can allow them to have feelings. We talked a lot about that last show and feelings, why they have purpose and, you know, what is the purpose of feelings and how can we use them to to better affect um, positive change in our life. 
And if we turn off feelings, we lose that very important guidance system that feelings give us. Um, so learning how to be comfortable with our feelings is a really vital way that we can help our children grow into balanced adults by helping them with their feelings, right? We talked about worthiness and respect, two really important attributes that are important to cultivate in our own lives so we can foster it with children. And those two things are really critical when we're talking about overall health, right? Think about that, worthiness and respect. Um, the main point being that worthiness cannot, well, it, it's, it's not effective if it's based on outside factors because it won't last, right? If we're basing our worthiness on things that change, for example, maybe how much money we make, what, what car we drive, our job, our bodies, um, then what hap- if we're basing it on outside validation, forbidding validation on outside factors, we will, we will always come up a little bit short. And that's important to remember because our children's worth is not determined by their grades, right, or how well they do in sports, how well they perform in school, or how, what their appearance is like. And this is a deeply ingrained belief that many of us adults have, and one that really needs to be um, undone. And I think that's a, a wonderful thing to be able to teach our children about real respect and learning about worthiness. Um, and on the issue of respect, we did talk about this quite a bit in the last show, um, and what respect really means. And the um, definition that I really love is the condition of being esteemed or honored. Those are powerful words to me, esteemed or honored. Honored, I love that word honored, honoring ourselves, especially when we're talking about health or our bodies. Because I think what's lacking so much in our pervasive thought is a lack of honoring our needs. And that's, you know, that can be a whole, again, conversation in and of itself. But the best way to, to you know, gain respect is 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 to by giving it. So that means we can really earn our children's respect. We we can't really demand it. Respect is not something that we can we can say we we deserve even. Um, so to the best way that we can teach our children how to respect themselves and their bodies and their hunger is to show them that we respect them. Right, and we show them that by respecting them, but even more importantly, by respecting ourselves. So that's an important piece that I want us to just cultivate and remember as we go further into this show. Um, <clears throat> and other tips that we spoke about, um, we're going to go into now because we didn't get to touch too much on these, and I think these are super important. Um, and so remember, if you guys have comments or questions about anything that I'm saying here, remember to Tracy's there. She can um, answer the calls or write in the chat room anything to add. I love I love getting the feedback. Um, let's see. So we did mention this in the last show, but I want to just reiterate it again uh, because someone had a question about it, um, and. I think this is a great question. It, it really is. And I, I love this when I'm able to really see sort of both sides to the equation. I mentioned this in the last show. Do not put your child on a diet. Remember that, ever. And, and there's a whole bunch of, there's a slew of reasons why that's not effective. Most importantly, because diets aren't effective, right? They're just not. 
Um, they're um, 98% um, ineffective, actually. But it's specifically, it's not when I, I work a lot with adolescents and children, and, and diets just don't work. But I did get a question that, and the question was from, now I don't know exactly some of the details because I didn't, again, it was just sort of a, a, um, a random question sent to me. And it says, I know you said not to put your child on a diet, but my child is 14 and has a weight issue. She is concerned and I want to help her. I get that, right? I understand that. Now, you know, your child is um, 14, young young lady, and she has a an issue with her weight. The first thing I would tell a parent, um, and I have, all right, this is what I do to some extent, is don't panic. Um, and I say this because if you have a weight issue yourself, that might be your first instinct is to say, oh, no, what am I going to do, right? Um, and, I, and I, because we have sensitivity is what I mean around that particular issue, so when we notice it in our children, it's going to trigger us in a way that other things may not. So the first thing I would say is, hey, don't panic. You know, that this, there is absolutely solutions to this. Um, and what I would typically do in a case like this is is what I do with, with most issues, and that is to start asking questions. Um, I would need to, you know, get a picture of when, how, what is she eating. Um, 14 years old can be, I don't know how about you all, but that was probably my worst year as a teenager. Um, oh, my gosh. Um, and I know puberty is, is hitting children, um, young ladies, a little earlier this, you know, than it was when I was growing up. But for me, it was all about hormones, right, and body changes and boys and girls and life. And um, it was a tough time. So, you know, is this weight issue something that's been going on? Has it been just, you know, showing up lately? Is there any difference in eating habits? Where is, where is she in the hormone cycle? Um, you know, basically we need to draw out any of the underlying causes that might be contributing to this particular issue. And by doing so, we might be able to assess that there might be something else going on, right? So whenever, you know, there's there's something going on in your kid's life, what's up? If it's a, If it's something that is different than has been going on, okay, well, what what are some of the factors that have changed it? And it's amazing. And I'm a parent, so this is where I think I can I can speak from experience that we panic in that moment sometimes. And, you know, really just going, okay, well, what's happening here is a good thing. Um, boredom, I see boredom and weight issues, huge correlation between that. And and what, you know, as we we spoke earlier, that boredom is a feeling and it's telling us something important, just like all feelings are. And the gift of boredom is it's 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 a it's a calling to get us back in touch with our more divine or more um passionate purpose. We feel misdirected from that place and then boredom seeks in to say, Oh, I need something more. Right? So if we can use our feelings as a tool for change, it can be highly effective. And so <clears throat> you know, if there are changes warranted in the diet, if that if that is an assessment that we say, okay, there's there's been some patterns set in place, and maybe some unhealthy eating habits, or um, maybe some, we need some healthier food options, maybe more movement. I, and I want to point a, point out there that any any changes that are to be made will likely have to be best done as a family, and that's an important piece. 
that if there are dietary issues and, and habits that are in place, it's likely not just a one-person thing. At least that's what my experience has been. It's usually a family system issue where we've just gotten into a habit of um, making food choices that aren't as loving to our bodies, right? So that might be part of it. But as I, as I work with um, clients on all levels, and with all kinds of conditions and um, health challenges and life challenges, it has to be done from a holistic perspective. So I'm not going to just focus on, okay, we need to change diet. It might be a component of it, but it's certainly not going to be the most. So if you do have a challenge with this, I would say look at it from all angles and really look at what are the factors contributing to this particular problem um, and not find one and focus on that, but look at all of them and how you can best change um, you know, helping or um, assessing and redirecting those challenges that you see. Um, and I, I want to add this as well, um, you know, kind of reiterating and, and, and sort of elaborating on the point that I, I rarely see eating or food issues in children from parents with healthy relationships with food. I'm not, now I'm not saying that doesn't happen because I've absolutely seen that, but not not normally. So don't single the kids, you know, if they have issues, let's talk about it as a family. Um, and, and singling them out can cause some further shame, and we certainly don't want to add to um, to any of that. So if emotional eating is a problem, if that's part of the the habit that you're seeing, then let's get some help. And it's interesting. I'm, I'm giving you all this information Um for our children, but understand that if you're struggling with some of these things, then this information is for you too, right? Food is just a symptom. If there's if there's a- anything that's going on in your body is a symptom of something greater and that there's more information to be gained from it. So that's, I hope that answers that particular question, and I really appreciate that question. So thanks, thank you for that. Um, and again, feel free to call in if you have more questions on this or write in. The last show, um, I'll move on to the second point here. Um, I mentioned mentioned teaching our children to eat from a place of intuition rather than by logic, by honoring their food choices, right? And we talked a lot about that. And, And I got a great question regarding this one, and that was, what if my child is really picky and only eats a certain type of food? Um, and I'll tell you, it depends. It, again, we we would need more information, but many many children are picky eaters. I will say that, um, and I'll also add, many adults are picky eaters. We're picky in certain things. Some people are picky around food or their clothes or you know um, what kind of um, things they like to do. I mean, we're picky about many things. Eating is just a very personal experience, so we can be picky about that. Um, what I'll tell you, what I've seen and experienced is that many people, children being people, go through phases. And that if if you if you don't make too much of a big deal about it, and I'm not sure exactly how old this child is that this person's talking about, it's very normal to have pickiness, especially around age two ish, right? Um that's just sort of their job at that if that time is to learn how to be empowered. So of course you know, that that means they're going to make their own decisions and they're going to seem, quote-unquote, picky. Um, that's that's totally normal. And I think, I, I remember reading, I think it was in a Dr. Sears book, that it can take at least 12 times of introducing a food 
a new food to a child before a child will actually um, like enjoy it. I find that fat, that's 12 times. That's a lot, <laughs> right? So um, we have to remember that some children are really sensitive and will like one food one day, and it will change the next. I remember that um, I have one of those kinds of children that he's really, and I mentioned this before, and Tracy, I think you mentioned this as well with your son, that um, he's really, really sensitive to texture. My son is sensitive to texture, not really to taste. Like he can eat the craziest, spiciest stuff, um, but texture freaks him out. Like he really enjoys chicken. He's liked it for a really long time. And then one time he ate it and he got like a piece of, I don't know, like a gristle or a funky piece of chicken or maybe a part of a bone, and it totally freaked him out. And he hasn't been able to eat meat for a a long time since then. Like he's just really sensitive to that. So just understand that there's many, many reasons why children can be picky. Um, Pickiness can also, around food, can also be because a parent has gotten into the habit of maybe not introducing a bunch of different foods, or maybe they like said, "Well, I've got to introduce like twelve foods, and they don't like any of them." And well, and what I've just gave you was sometimes you have to introduce it up to twelve times one food for them to actually start to um, really sort of in- integrate that taste. So, you know, it could not be um, certainly not a sense of laziness, just frustration. Like I've tried, right? So if you're a new parent and your child is is not really into trying foods you know, just keep giving them as much variety as possible. Let them try, and, and honestly, I can't say this enough, let them try the food that you're eating, um, and this will often surprise us. Um, I, I I did this more and more. I have three three sons, and by the third one, I mean, they were he was pretty much eating, like, well, obviously, within, like, what he could with his teeth, but, like, chips and salsa and sushi and um, wasabi, and it just became part of his diet, so we pretty much just fed him what we fed him, what we ate. Um, so really just allow them, especially if they're young, to navigate their own way through and give them lots and lots of choices. Um, pickiness can also be a control, again, if we're looking at our relationship with food as a reflection of our relationship with our life, then it can be about control or safety. Um, so this goes deeper into more of the psychological slant. And if a young person feels perhaps little control or mastery over their own lives, right, if for some reason they have, have had life circumstances that have created this experience or they've just, you know, um, come in with that belief system that um, life is, is, is they're fearful or they feel like they have little control, then they might seek out other ways to exhibit this control. Um, if a child feels insecure emotionally or extra vulnerable, this can be a way to create a sense of safety or security. So, you know, in some ways, looking at our relationship food is a good barometer of how healthy we are and whole in our own lives. You know, are we full, satiated in our own lives, at peace, or is there a part of us that's hungry or, lanky, or lacking or anxious or looking for ways to soothe us and fill us? So if there is a major issue um, with your child, with, with food, or if they're either extremely picky, then, um, you know, assess, perhaps go a little deeper. What else is going on? What could this particular thing be telling, teaching you? What wisdom might be gleaned from this situation? Um, 
And I do want to mention this, too, because I've seen this, that allergies can be a factor. I mean, I've had parents that have come to me and said, oh, they're so, you know, my kids won't eat this or they won't eat that. And we've found out that they're actually, the, the child is, is relatively allergic to that particular food. Um, and we have to remember that we do come in with this innate wisdom, right? So we want to pay attention to that. And if you notice that your um, your young person is having a difficult time with a specific food, you know you may want to you may want to um, assess if your child is maybe intuitively working through a food sensitivity or or an allergy or um, some other thing. And and that in and of itself is an amazing topic. I've worked um, a lot with with the sort of psychological um, or even spiritual metaphysical meaning of allergies and, and with, with children and with adults and fascinating stuff. But that can be another cause of um, why a child might be a little um, picky over what it is they're eating, right? So I hope I've answered that question. I loved it. Um, great question. Again, if you want to... Send in questions, feel free. If you want to give me more information when you do so, that would be good um, sometimes because I don't know if we're talking about a 2-year-old or a 14-year-old, although developmentally they're rather similar in their life purpose. They're about finding empowerment just um, in different ways. Um, okay, and I, I I want to also say this. I didn't get to really um, stress this the last time, but I think it's really, really important when we're talking about fostering a healthy relationship with um, food, and I, I will, this is this this is like asterisk asterisk this star it um, highlight it. Never make food and issues um, food an issue of power or punishment, um, or to a large, to an extent a reward, right? But I can't really stress how important it is to allow children to eat what they want and not create power struggles around food. Um, I, I see so many clients in my office that were either forced to eat food that they didn't want, you know, and I get it. I mean, these, these are old sort of belief systems, right? When you sit down to your meal, finish everything on your plate, and they had some basis in some reality as far as not having a lot of food at certain times and you know, this goes; these things go way back. Um, so again, I'm not I'm not trying to um, demonize, or, you know, or put down um, or judge any of these these beliefs. But I can just tell you what I've seen that they're just not working, right? Um, so, you know, I I see a lot of clients in my office that are adults at this point that say, you know, well, I had to eat, um, I had to eat what I didn't want to eat, or I had to eat when I I wasn't really hungry. Um, and, and any kind of forcing children to eat is totally counterproductive. Um, it, it really does intertwine food and power in, in such a way that it really does create an unhealthy um, and rather abusive relationship with food. Um, many of the psychologists these days, especially ones that specialize in, in you know, the way we um, raise children, um, agree, <clears throat> excuse me, that there are certain things that we as parents need to stay out of when it comes to raising children with healthy self-worth. And these are the things that they have dominance over, like sleep, potty training, and eating. Um, and we need to let them do it, you know, do these things as much as they're 
as a natural function of their own development and psyche. You know, we really don't teach our children how to walk. Um, they, they pretty much do that on their own or talk. You know, we can help them, and we, we certainly mimic and we show. Um, they just do it, right, when they're ready. It's an organic and innate process. And eating is is the same way. You know, remember that we all have this innate hunger system that is meant to be fostered and honored and respected. So making children eat um, or finish what's on their plates, and I, I want to add this too because I get this a lot, or even try something that they don't want to is counterproductive. I mean, I have some really, you know, well-meaning parents, and I have to admit that I've done this one until I realized I shouldn't do it anymore, especially with my first son, um, and that is that, you know, okay, well, at least try it. Try it, and if you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. Well, I've really realized that that's not fair either because I, re- I was one day um, I was having, uh, gosh, I wish I could remember exactly what we were eating because this was about like eight years ago or something. But my husband was there, and he was like, hey, just try this. And I was like, no, I don't want to. It looked kind of slimy. I remember it was like a fishy thing. And I was like, no, I don't want that. And he goes, come on, just try it. And I remember thinking to myself, no, I don't want that. And I found myself getting a little bit defensive. Like, I don't want to try that, you know. And at that moment, I really realized, oh, you know, I probably shouldn't even do that. Um, It's not very honoring. It didn't feel good to me. So, you know, we don't need to do that. If they don't want to try it, fine, don't try it. If you want to try it, try it. It's no big deal, you know, Um, and, and making them finish something, obviously, is sort of the same thing that we would say, like, to um, our husbands, you know, like, okay, we're going out to dinner, and you can't um, get down, you know, you can't have dessert, honey, as long as you don't eat your broccoli. You know, we would never do that, that we would never tell somebody that they couldn't get, um, you know, our husband couldn't get down from the table if he didn't finish his food. And truly, we need to give our kids the same respect. They do know when they've eaten enough. Um, and I and I want to say that that does not does not mean that we don't have boundaries. Meaning, hey, you know what? This is when we're eating. If you're not hungry, then you can eat later. But we're not going to, um, you know, I'm not going to make you another meal. Just set it aside. This is your food. Heat it up when you want to. That kind of stuff. And what I, I want to tell you on that because there's a um, there's a question that tackles this later. Like. Oh my God! If I do that, you know, my kids are never going to eat. They're never going to finish. And I can tell you that we'll, we'll get to that a little bit more. If you've been doing it a different way for a very long time, and you you kind of give this new freedom, there might be this this little area of um, that you'll notice, and they might sort of with this newfound freedom might explore it a little bit more. And and then I promise they will come back to balance. And we'll we'll talk about that in a minute because I had a great question about that. Um, but continuing along these same lines, let's not reward with food, right? If you're having a bad day, not a good idea to say, all right, let's go have ice cream. You know, and I get it. That's, that's you know, to some extent, we our joy is intermingled with food, and there's, there's nothing wrong with celebrating. So there's a fine line there. Um, you know, that enjoy, enjoy having a Sunday, but let's not ever get that emotional component wrapped up if we can. Try to, try to create, um, solve emotional issues emotionally, um, and then then go have a Sunday, right? And ob- obviously this goes without saying, but do not ever punish by withholding food. Not a good idea. You know, go to bed 
you know, you have to go to bed um, without dinner or you can't have food for some behavioral reason. Um, punishment in general is a topic um, that we could talk about, but punishment in general is, you know, as psychologists, um, great child psychologists, you know, have talked about um, these days, is that it's it's pretty much an ineffective way to um, help our children learn but when we do punish with food, if if we were to do that, then we teach our children that behavior. And you know what? There's a lot that can happen with that. Um, they can internalize that message that they need to punish themselves and food becomes a punishment. And it can get very, very confusing. And they can punish themselves right into adulthood. And and I've seen that a lot with my um my my clients that have had um, eating disorders and eating disorders and punishment and shame, which is is the toxic emotion that punishment really does create, um, is is a huge component of some, is severe eating disorders. So please don't do that. Just just find other ways. Right. Um, we need to stay out of our our kids' way. You know, out of their way and certain things, specifically the things that they have power over, and. Essentially, you know, we need to let our our young people trust their bodies by allowing them to do so. And by trusting them to do so, by giving them the message that we trust them and that they can and that they have the ability to know what they want and when they want, and we honor that. Um, this is really an important skill, right? It's important to give. Um so trust your kids, right, when it comes to that. And let's not use food and power and punishment. Let's not inter intermix those three. Um, I want to add this one, too. Respect cycles, things change. And especially with food in our lives, um, things change. Sometimes they're going to be more hungry. At certain times of their development, they're going to be, um, right now, my, one of my kids must be going through a growth spurt because I'm not kidding. He's hungry, like, every an hour. Um, and I'm really hungry, like I want another sandwich. So understand that. And then there's going to be times when they're not as hungry, and we just honor that. So really it goes back to that honor and respect. Um, another one, eat together as a family. I always say that, but only if it's enjoyable, right? And I, I want to um, make that really clear. I know this, there's this recent study out that is fascinating, but what it says is that children that grew up in alcoholic households that ate dinner every night were less likely to become alcoholics than the ones that did not. And I think that's interesting. And, and you know, I, we also know that there are many studies that tout the importance of family meals, right? But this is my question, and I kind of wonder about that, because the way that that study was written was like, okay, see, that we should eat dinner every night because even in alcoholic households, they're you know less likely to become alcoholics. But I don't, I don't think that it was actually eating dinner perhaps every night that did it. I think if we were to study, okay, if if families got together for an hour every day and talked, would that cause the same? Um, would that have the same results if we had that together time? So is it's not the food that's doing it, I, I, in my opinion. You know, I don't think it's the food that's the important factor as much as it is the togetherness. You know, could we get the same results if we had a family ritual that we just honored one another and shared our day? 
you know, I would say yes. I think we typically do that with food, right? So that's why it's pretty um, pretty common. But, you know, I so I really say if you want to eat together, great if it works, but sometimes it doesn't. And I really want to point out, I, this, this shows up a lot with toddlers. You know, I don't know if you've all had toddlers. If you're listening, you probably have. But they're not the most fun to eat with. There's a lot of getting up, sitting down, moving her over, you know, especially if they're real young, you know, they can decorate the table with some food and then it's like, so, hey, let's let's eat our food, you know. We're trying to get their attention. It can be, I wouldn't necessarily call it enjoyable for me. Um, now, I love spending time with my kids, you know, but if I want to have an enjoyable dinner with my husband where we can sit and talk, that may not be possible with a two-year-old. Plus, they eat, you know, typically at like five and I might want to eat a little later. So, again, if we're really going to respect the innate wisdom of everyone in the family, we have to realize that everyone may have their own rhythm around food, right? When children are young, they tend to eat early in the day because they go to sleep a little earlier at night. You know, it's just um, their rhythm. So, you know, everyone has a different time clock, and not everyone is going to be hungry at the same time, and that is absolutely fine. Um, do I think it's a good idea to have dinner as a family? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if it's if it's enjoyable and if it's fun, do I think that we should all make time to be together as a family? Yes, I do. I do think that. Does it have to be around food? Um, you know, if it works, great. Um, it doesn't always have to be around dinner. Now, you know, a lot of times in this fast-paced society, that's the time we have, right? So that might be it. That might be the time that we have together, and that's that's great. But we're going to have to allow for some of the the um, the chaos that can ensue, especially when we have little ones, or maybe compromise some of our um, maybe eating earlier, maybe having to realize that food is going to just be sort of a circus when we eat dinner with young kids. Um, if that's the only time that we have, great. But, it, you know, I, I really do see that if it's the only time, I, I do want to point this out too, if it is the only time that your family really has time to spend together, then that can set up a very interesting um, and powerful anchor around food, meaning, okay, when I, food is togetherness and nurturing. You know, our psyches have an amazing way of anchoring physical things with emotions in a powerful way. So if that is your together time when you were growing up, sometimes it can be you seek that and you seek that and you seek that together time and so you eat a lot of food trying to get that experience. I knew one person that, um, one of my clients years ago, that always was striving to create the perfect family meal. And like every night she would sit down and she got the right linens and she would get frustrated because no one would sit or, you know, she had young kids. And really what we really found was that what she was wanting was that same connection that she had when she was younger um, with her family. And so, again, if you can all sit together and, it's, and you know, it works for everybody, great. As children get older, it's a little bit easier. But if not, then, you know what, the kids can eat at five and you can hang out with them and, and then when they can maybe, you know, chill out for a little bit after dinner and when your husband comes home at 6, 7, and you want to have a nice sit-down dinner, great, enjoy that. There's no right or wrong. It's just what works for you. I'm just giving you different ideas to play with, right? Um, but I will say this. If you are going to eat as a family, make meals enjoyable. Um, 
now you I, you know if you've heard my show before if you've listened to past shows um if you want to look at in, in my um ebook I talk about this relaxed eating is so important to good health to good digestion to weight management to so 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 many other things um and if we're eating under stress it's if you're going to have a family meeting about you know, the grades that aren't maybe up to par or some issues that you might have or discussions, difficult discussions, maybe about um, what's going on in your life or what's going on in their life, don't necessarily do that around food. I would suggest do that at another time. Um, We want to let go. We don't need to, you know, quiz each other over the day. We really need to allow meals to be a safe and supported space. Um, One major factor in creating issues with food um, or weight issues in general is eating under stress, right? And I've talked about this before, but physiologically, when we eat under stress, we turn off digestion. And if this becomes a habit, our bodies do it without our permission, right? So say dinner at your house was kind of stressful. Well, what happens as soon as it starts doing that, you know, your body starts getting used to it, stress at dinner, stress at dinner, stress at dinner. Now you're sitting down 10 years later and it's still happening. Your body has a a, a physiological response to a psychological anchor that was set years ago. So we begin to associate stress and eating, and then we have a powerful um, anchor that we take with us that sets the stage for stuff that, you um, you know, I help people undo years later. So make meals enjoyable, have fun, laugh. Um, and this goes back to my other point when I said earlier, which was if it's not fun, then don't eat altogether. You know, if you're not enjoying yourself, it's highly stressful to eat with a, um, a toddler, then wait and eat with your husband later. Um, it's going to be more fun for you. It's going to be more fun for them. doesn't mean you don't sit with them. You could sit and you could talk and you could – Um, You know, maybe have a salad if you want to just wait to eat later. So, again, throwing out ideas, but um, some of the tips to really, really help you create a um, healthy relationship with your children. And essentially, maybe you can put some of these into practice yourself. The last question um, that I had that I want to um, just tackle real quick, and that is, um, it says here, I know that I have food issues, and I know that I've been controlling with my daughter with food. She's only seven, but she's showing some signs of sneaking food, and I'm afraid that if I allow these guidelines, meaning the ones I was explaining in my last show, my child will go crazy, quote-unquote, with all the freedom. Um, And what I want to say, again, is awesome. Awesome job admitting that there is work to be done, right? That's what we all need to do as parents. I I really do, um, I try to admit that to myself, and I'm a work in progress. Okay, this kind of goes back to what I was mentioning a little bit earlier, that, you know, we sometimes we think that if, okay, my child already has some issues with snaking food and maybe some food issues, that if I allow them the freedom that now they're just going to go crazy. If I say, okay, you can go ahead and eat what works for your body, then that can, that's going to mean Skittles and, you know, hot cocoa all day. Um, and I, I get that. Now, if anyone is familiar with Janine Roth's books, 
Um, there's, there's, she has a great story. She's a, she's a wonderful teacher um, about food issues, body image issues. And she speaks a little bit about this. She's, actually, she speaks a lot about this, about how she legalized food. And I think for like two weeks, all she ate was cookie dough or something. And then she got totally sick of cookie dough. In fact, I don't actually know if it was that long. It's been a while since I read that book. It would probably take me about three days, and I'd be like, I never want to see cookie dough again. But there is that. There is this thing that we do once we legalize or give ourselves freedom to experience um, this, you know, some of these guidelines, or give ourselves the freedom, that there might be some sort of yeehaw kind of, let's have fun with this now. I can do what I want. Um, that that does happen, and I've seen that. And what I'll tell parents and what I've experienced and what I've seen numerous times is that it will pass. I promise it will pass. Like you can't you can't eat Skittles every day and be okay with that. Meaning that's all you're eating. I guarantee you there will be a time when somebody says, "Oh, you know what? I need some protein, right?" And just allow it. Now, obviously, you know we don't need to have our house full of candy either. I mean, that's probably important that we recognize that we give lots of variety so nothing is necessarily off limits, but we don't have too much of one and not enough of another. Um, But again, have faith that this will in fact um, turn around. I've seen it time and time again that by teaching our children to honor our bodies, they actually do come to that place. And I want to also reiterate this point. It works for adults too. Sometimes it takes a little longer for us only because we have our belief systems stuck in place, right? We've we've had a lot longer to cement those neural pathways, but it will work for you too. And when you start to sort of play with this concept of legalizing food, it's amazing how much fear, right, comes up. Oh no, what's going to happen to me if I if I allow myself to eat whatever it is I want. Um, the two reactions I usually get are, oh, my gosh, that's awesome, right? I can't wait, um, which is sort of this um, this other side of it's more rebellion, right, which is the other side of control, which is, oh, no, if I eat anything I want, I'm going to be out of control, so I need to control myself. This, so I get fear on both sides. And the truth is at some point when you really are doing this work, what you're going to find is a lovely middle road, you will come back into balance as long as you you keep utilizing those tools um, that are in past shows and we'll continue to talk about in these shows to allow yourself to work through your fear and come back to a place of balance. So I would give you the same um, give you the same recommendation and advice that I would to an adult working through this. Keep coming back to eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're full, honoring and loving yourself. And um, keep coming back to that intuitive place of eating and honoring yourself and reminding our kids of that and giving them the leeway to do it. And I promise that it will, um, it will come back into balance. So that is the – I finally got through them. It was great. I appreciate everybody listening to this show tonight and um, getting th- you know, really giving me those great questions. It was helpful for me because so many of the um, – the, the hints and the tools that I had at the end really did correlate with some of the great questions that you all sent in. So feel free to send in more questions and like us on Mind, Body, Spirit, You on Facebook and keep like us on Blog Talk Radio 
I will be having another show next month, the third Monday of the month. I'm not quite sure what we're going to be talking about, but I have, as I said, tons and tons of ideas. And if you have ideas or if you'd like to be on the show to talk about anything around holistic health, please feel free to get a hold of me through Mind, Body, Spirit, You. That's the letter U. And send us your show ideas. Send us any suggestions that you have um, for people that you'd like to hear interviewed, um, any topics that you'd like to hear about. And with that, I wish you all a very happy Monday. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.